0: Hey, Trumpcast listeners, what you're about to hear is a teaser for today's show. That's right. We've made one out of every four Trumpcast episodes exclusive to Slate Plus subscribers. To hear this and all episodes ad-free, sign up for Slate Plus. It's only $35 for the first year. You can manage it. Go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast plus. And thanks very much for listening. Hello, and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. We have, as usual, a world turned upside down. And my guest today to discuss this curious intersection of heightened racism with heightened terror of death is Echo Yanka, a law professor at Cardozo School of Law in New York. Echo is a prolific writer on election reform, criminal justice, and policing. And in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd in May, Yanka said, We can no longer have an America where white problems are social problems and black problems are policing problems. We're going to talk about secrets in white families and secrets in black ones, basically, the archetypal uncles we all have who we've jollied along at family events as they surfaced the disturbing truths about white supremacy. One uncle by being a white supremacist, and the other by seeing white supremacy everywhere. What are we going to do with these wild truth tellers, these uncles, when or if all this is over? And what are we going to do with the truths of racism itself, the one that President Trump has laid bare? Echo Yanka has some ideas. Echo, welcome to Trumpcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We should have done this a long time ago. I'm so glad we're finally doing it. To be sure, am I
1: following Mary Trump?
0: You are following Mary Trump. Oh, exactly. The exactly. <laughs> yes, a voice of dissent who I think has is, is made back the money that she was disinherited of from Trump. And in some ways, I think we're all trying to do that, right? Yeah. Like he he yeah. and his ilk tra- have aimed to disinherit so many of us, and maybe we'll claw our way back.
1: It's going to be a long road. <laughs>
0: it's going to be a long road. So we both spent some time in academia. You're still there. And somehow, before we start, I was remembering that uh, Marjorie Garber, a professor of mine in graduate school, cited Madonna on the subject of race. Um, Now, Madonna, back in the news, because she's somehow anti-vax or uh, inserted herself in in her usual odd way into the debate. But this is old Madonna of the song Vogue. And I don't know if you remember, there's a lyric. It's something like, it doesn't matter if you're black or white, if you're a boy or girl, you're a superstar, that's what you are. And, and and Professor Garber used this to make a point that there is a category of super stardom that allows you finally mm-hmm. to transcend race um, and gender, that you're in this category of thirdness yeah. um, that is out of the binary. And this is, you know, when you think of someone like Kanye West or the late now, late Herman Cain, that there's some way that you get to be neither black nor white, you're accepted among everyone, and you can kind of, Become a Trumpite like Kane did. I want on the occasion of his death for you to talk a little bit about Kane's um story. I know it's not your not your area of expertise, but as a way of thinking about race since Jim Crow in the US. Tall order. But yeah. see if you can make something of that. Sure.
1: I mean, so there is something, I think for many people, and certainly for Black Americans, there's something startling about seeing as you say, this group of Black superstars um, who somehow either supported acquiesce, in the weirdest cases, genuflected a bit to, to Donald Trump. And it's hard to know exactly what to make of that. I, I do think the superstar Black category is an odd category. Um, yeah. There's a beautiful old poem, A Credit to His Race. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. read it in many years. But the beauty of that poem is it speaks about this man who strove to live impeccably in every way so that he would never be indicted by um, the sort of taint that was considered being a Negro, right? He, he wanted to transcend Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing. And on his gravestone, they write, here he lies, a credit to his race, right? It's kind of the ultimate insult that all this work he did at best made him a good kind of black person. And I think many superstar black people wrestle with that, you know, in a couple ways, gosh, we could talk about this forever, but in one way, there's the sort of feature of being considered a superstar black person as though it means your success means you've escaped some natural state of degradation, right? Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you've been successful in another way. You find out that, you, you know, OJ Simpson found out that, you know, the moment criminality was on the table, suddenly his blackness was very much an issue. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is, you know, a weird and peculiar.
0: Yeah, it goes to the the well, the sort of perfection, the perfect man, the sort of Sidney Poitier character in our own time, Obama, just you can never make a mistake. But if you do, you're no angel.
1: No, that's right. Okay. And, one, and once you do, then your blackness is really important, right? Hmm. So, Obama, I mean, poor Obama, right? I remember the people who decided they didn't support him because they felt he was denying his whiteness um, because he was biracial. Oh. Um, and this was oh. a big thing in certain white communities, right? We, we think he's only for the black people because why doesn't he admit that he's biracial? To which those of us who mm. study criminal law thought, I have never seen a dark-skinned defendant who's biracial, be described as white, right? I mean, it's only yeah. when you're running for president that suddenly we're interested in you being biracial. Yeah. But look, with Herman Cain, I do think we should remember you know, there is a deep black conservatism. There's always mm-hmm. been a deep black conservatism. There's a deep black sort of, should I say, authoritarianism? I mean, there is a not surprising response that, given many of the problems in the black community, mm-hmm. what is needed is more discipline. More, in some cases, more police, whatever the case may be. I think it's a minority view. And like most things in the world, it's much more complicated. But, you know, we shouldn't be surprised that Black people are not a monolith and that there were some Trump supporters.
0: So Kane was extremely gifted at finance, um, just uh, the numbers. And sometimes I think about Ben Carson, and he's such a, you know, he's such a laughing stock now. But the surgery he did. Takes an extreme left brain, and both of these figures, Tr- you know, Trumpite black men, Kane and Carson, live in a level of just escalated achievement in the so-called left brain. And I think that can sometimes lead you to think everybody else just needs more discipline. Yeah. Like, they don't need, a, they just need to ace the SATs. You know, they just need to get the numbers and all those things are race blind. And since my achievements are in a field that, you know, where there's a uh, where there's a right and a wrong, you either separate those Siamese twins or those conjoined twins or not. Yeah. Then uh, why can't everyone do what do as I've done? It's just interesting that it would turn out in this florid support, very emo- for a, for a, you know a hysterical white male who's is uh, you know th- doesn't have any sense of rhyme or reason. It's just very very hard to see Herman Cain, um, it, you know, with all his achievements, decide to go to that Tulsa rally not wear a mask, and contract coronavirus at his age. It's just, yeah. it's, where did, where did, every, it's my usual question on the show, when did everybody lose their minds?
1: Yeah, so. no, it, there is a lunacy about it. There's no question about that. I mean, you know, part of it is surely that I, there is a way in which we talk about politicizing things. But this is politicizing in a very different way, right? I mean, it's, it has become that everybody who doesn't agree with us is against us. And I understand that, right? Because there are things I see, for example, on the right, where I think this has destroyed a basic line of decency where, you know, I don't know how we can repatch that, or I don't know how we can have faith in each other again, yeah. or at least we're going to have to find a way. Mm-hmm. But when you see that come down to things like not listening to your doctor. Right? right. There's another story, by the way. A woman who took her sick child to a COVID party in Florida to get her sick because I, I guess her her the web had told her that's the thing to do. When mm. her child contracted COVID, she tried to treat the child with Trump's favorite uh, hydroxychloroquine, and yeah. then her daughter died. And Ugh. you know her response was, you know, my daughter's a patriot. Mm. It's it's hard to know what to do if people are going to be dedicated to that level of of basic denial.
0: Yeah, the death wish streak, it just, you know, I feel like when, when there's mass torque on American life, it's almost always either racism or the next step beyond beyond exterminationist racism, which is a, a just a death wish, just like this thanatotic, I don't know, that, you know, I'm going to go down with this. I've been also reading about Louis Gomer and how he contracted the virus and after rejecting masks. And now he's said something that just, you know, his explanation for why he got it is not because he wasn't wearing masks all the time and was denying the significance of the disease and worried about communism, but because he did wear a mask and he says he must have breathed out or touched the mask in some way that it gave it back to him. So essentially, he had covid so he got COVID. And I mean, I know as little about epidemiology as probably he does, and yet even I know that if you give yourself a disease, you already have the disease. Yeah. I don't know. I just it's 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 become so exhausting to try to parse the thinking. You know, I think Kanye West actually is an interesting avatar of this because He's in a kind of psychotic or you know, hypermanic state, so much that his language has broken down. And you know, if Louis Gomer could admit that that this is some kind of mental illness, um it, it you know, it might actually make things clearer. at least Kanye is constantly being framed as, yeah, he's vulnerable. He's in trouble, you know, he's a poet whose language has slid off the rails. And, you know, if Louis Gomer's wife told us that you know he he needed his medication um, or he needed an intervention by Kim yeah. Kardashian, I would I might think okay we have a level of sanity at least we're distinguishing sane conversation from word salads and you know forms of psychosis. I don't know.
1: So I have a theory about this, but I only have a theory about this because I have a theory about everything. Please, and this is a great theory because it's really based on my observation and gut, but because it is something I believe but don't pretend I can prove, I am not going to die on this, right? Like, it's a theory that I'd be happy to be taught better one way or the other. But I think part of it is just people have been lied to on some set of real issues for a long time, right? And they know they've been lied to. And so I get that, right? So you may not know why, but you know that you, once upon a time, Your husband worked, you didn't, and you could afford a nice house and two cars and vacation. And you know that your lifestyle has been slipping away and slipping away and slipping away. And this is a theory I actually really put together when I used to be in the field, knocking on doors for campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. People feel like every time we complain things were getting worse, people told us, don't worry, you wouldn't understand it's too complicated, right? Globalization, don't worry, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't understand it's too complicated, Why are my bank accounts under strain? Don't worry. You wouldn't understand. It's too complicated. And meanwhile, they see that some rich people who don't seem to do very much or move paper around are getting extraordinarily rich. And so this has just inured a deep suspicion of expertise across the board and led them to reject this. The reason this is my theory is because... There are a bunch of things people have beliefs about that I just don't even understand why they would have beliefs about. them.
0: Right. Yes. Right? Yes.
1: Like people ask me, well, what is, what is your opinion on global warming? I think I don't have an opinion on global warming. I would just That's listen to whatever the scientists tell me.
0: That's how I feel about opening the schools. I know you have children. I was just like, one thing that should not be used to address complicated science involving virology and epidemiology is a town hall. I right. love a town hall, but a 12-hour discussion of what do I think should happen with, you know water washing the desks or whatever. Yeah, just, yeah, tell me what to do and I will do it.
1: No, that's absolutely, now, if you want to tell me that after the scientists tell us to the best of their knowledge what's actually happening, we have hard decisions to make about the good life, right? Where to put our money, what risk to absorb as a society. Fine, but the idea that we will vote on the epidemiology is just bizarre, right? Mm -hmm. And I get that they're not clear lines, but it's a hard question how to respond to some Parts of global warming. But the idea that voters should have a baseline opinion on the facts of global warming.
0: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: Right. Is just weird. I don't have a right. baseline opinion on my cancer. The people who do die, right? They yes. they, you know. And yeah. I'm not saying we should never question experts. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there are a bunch of things where we have good reason to be epistemically modest.
0: Yeah, this, I like this. And also, the, that it, what is a role, the role of an opinion? I mean, vaccines work is not an opinion. Uh, you know, I think I don't agree with that. They don't work. Right. Is not, is not a, there's not a question of agreement or non-agreement. That's exactly right. That it's not that you have the wrong opinion. It's that you have an opinion at all. Hi again, Virginia here. So sorry to interrupt, but that's the end of our Slate Plus teaser but you can't stop listening now. If you want to hear the rest of this ad-free and all of our podcasts ad-free, all you need to do is go to slate.com slash Trumpcast plus right now and join Slate Plus for only $35 for the first year. $35 for the first year, not month, not week, year. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast plus.